Welcome back to another update from the Rare Petro Podcast Network. Today we've got you an episode of Monday Madness. We'll be speaking a lot on, well, a little bit of rig count, unemployment, and what that means going forward. Today is the 30th of March, finally putting an end to this month. It's been a crazy one, and who knows, maybe April could get even crazier. This last week was personally my last week of spring break, so I was able to get outside with my uncle, worked on my truck a little bit, took it off-roading before it exploded in the mountains, and I had to limp it home with, well, really no clutch and a dead battery and a radiator that really wasn't holding any fluid, but we made it, and I had a great time. But as we were traveling up, we saw plenty of signs that would say, please limit travel unless necessary. Kind of going along with that stay-at-home ordinance that's been issued in the areas surrounding Denver, as that's where this podcast is recorded. My uncle and I would joke, well, this is good social distancing. This is how we get away, get out into nature, go camping. They can't stop us. Besides, how many of these other cars on the highway that we see are actually traveling for essential reasons? Even so, once we finished our trip, we got back into Buena Vista the next day, and we stopped at a burrito joint, Tasty Burritos, wish I remembered the name, but the server in there mentioned, well, we asked, we said, we've been camping for a couple of days, what's going on, what have we missed? He said, things are getting crazy, and some areas are starting to enforce the stay-at-home ordinance. He said that Colorado Springs was starting to hand out tickets to people who couldn't prove that their business was essential, that their travel was essential. And if you were stopped by the police you'd be getting a ticket to the tune of $500. Now, I don't know if this is a rumor. I can't speak on it. I've not really confirmed this with anyone from the Springs, but it's definitely scary. If we don't take this seriously enough, will the feds start locking us in? Will the state police start checking on us? Who knows? Something to keep our minds on and try not to take anything for granted right now, because who knows? It could be gone before we know it. But let's get into something that's a little bit more technical, shall we? First thing to note, uh, rig counts plummeted last week. Baker Hughes usually does the overall rig count, and the U.S. rig count was down 44. Whoa, that is a huge percentage change. That is an absolute plummet. And looking before last week, instead of 44, if we look at the change from the last year, we are down 278 rigs because commodity prices were already fallen to uh, pretty low standards, especially natural gas. Now, rig count has been a fantastic metric to see who's drilling because, well, you need a rig to drill. And perhaps this isn't as bad news as it sounds. This is something that probably is necessary because, as we've mentioned and harped on before, demand is way too low compared to the supply. We are oversupplied. So if we can stop drilling, come to an agreement all around the U.S. and hopefully all around the world, looking at you, Russia and Saudi Arabia... We can get these prices back to a place where internationally it makes a little more sense to operate. So while the rig count being down actually has fantastic implications for demand, it has, I would argue, far more terrible implications elsewhere in terms of, well, oil field service jobs especially. A rig zone article predicted that over 1 million oil field service job cuts will be likely in 2020. This comes off the curtails of a Rystad energy impact analysis, which revealed that the shale services will probably bear the biggest brunt of the job cuts. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, Shale was already difficult to produce from from a price standpoint, so this obviously has not helped at all. They also predicted that outside of shale, offshore would be affected pretty heavily. Granted, none of that has happened yet, just a prediction. 
but some of it has happened. In terms of Texas, tens of thousands of people are already being laid off. We talked about the Halliburton layoffs where Halliburton furloughed 3,500 of its employees on a rotating two-week schedule where one week Team 1 would work and the next week Team 2 would work in order to try to preserve benefits for as many of its employees as possible. Other service specialists such as Schlumberger, oh, that was a tongue twister. Schlumberger said it would slash its spending by 30% less than it spent in 2019 and cut the number of active drills in North America possibly as low as to when it was in 2016, which is kind of what the rig count reflected from Baker Hughes, numbers that we haven't seen since 2016. The company noted that it will direct most of its expenditure plans to locations outside of its home market, pointing out that 80% of its free cash flow was actually generated outside of the United States. So, I'm not exactly sure what that means, because internationally, prices are still very low, so we will see how that plays out. I hope we don't witness another restructuring, but it's likely that could happen if uh, nothing improves. Outside of that, smaller operators are also restructuring. I have a colleague also studying petroleum engineering in my class who recently landed a position, fantastic company, but they did mention that they would no longer be matching 401k for the foreseeable future. So any money that that person put in would not be matched at the moment. This is just another example of what everyone's trying to do to soften the blow. For the rest of us like me who have yet to land a job offer, this is not exactly the best time for the coronavirus to strike. In the realm of everything not oil and gas, Google, Glassdoor, Yelp, the National Institute of Health, they've all canceled their internship programs for the next year, next summer. And still more public companies are trying to trim the fat by getting rid of some of their less experienced employees. My boss brought this up in an attempt to make some of us feel better because early on, the impact was pretty hard, pretty heavy. We had heard that some of our peers were losing their job offers. And it was pretty gloomy, but our boss said, could be worse, Tavis. You could have landed a new job as a first-year engineer, put some money down on a place, gotten a nice new truck, taken out a few more loans to pad your new lifestyle, and then this could have happened. And he hit the nail on the head. It's good to make positive of any situation you find yourself in, but some of those situations that the rest of America is finding themselves in are less ideal. As I'm sure many of you saw, initial unemployment claims for the week ending in March 21st was around 3.3 million. Now, typically, that number is anywhere from 250,000 to up to 500,000 to 600,000 during a recession. The Department of Labor notes that 3.3 million absolutely smashes the record, with the last highest being about 695,000 in October of 1982. That is a foreboding number. That means potential economic recession, and I hope those numbers improve, and those are just claims of people who are scared, whose companies are scared, and have, I don't want to say overreacted, but developed a solution that was not beneficial to the rest of their employees. Fortunately, in the short term, at least from a stock market perspective, some people are rebounding. In the past week, the Spider portfolio, which is primarily compromised of information technology, healthcare, and financial services, showed an 8% rebound last week, 8% in growth. So that's fantastic because too much of that was going down for too long. So let's hope that those shares and others that are hurting a bit more trend upwards as, well, that'll help pad my pockets a bit, help a lot of you and our nation's economy for sure. For the rest of you who may not have fared so well and maybe this podcast hit a little too close to home, please take advantage of the social benefits that the government is putting up. 
There's, I think, relief payments to the tune of about $2.2 trillion going to help a lot of people who are struggling in these times. And there's no shame in taking advantage of that, especially if it keeps food on your table. So hopefully soon we'll be past this coronavirus stuff. This podcast will get back a little bit more centralized into oil and gas markets and maybe not just collapsing world markets. But until then, please continue to wash your hands. Help out those around you who may not be as fortunate. And don't take for granted what we've got right now because there's no telling what the feds and state might do if we don't take this as seriously as they'd like us. I know my uncle and I were joking, they can't shut down nature, but they can indirectly shut down most of whatever we do if they do choose to enforce this stay-at-home ordinance. So please take care, subscribe to us. We've got a great News Pulse page if you go to rarepetro.com. Lots of wonderful articles. A lot of the information I actually got for this podcast was information that one of our in-house engineers, Kevin Olson, put together. Lots of great links there and uh, stuff I didn't even talk about. So check that out. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and if you haven't heard, we're on Spotify too. So please give us a quick subscription. We'll keep you in the know. And sometimes it's a little bit past oil and gas. We welcome everybody. But until next week, take care, friends. 